You are listening to Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast with Kelly and Callie. And we're here to cut through the BS of dating and all the chaos that can come with it these days. Where we will have deep and meaningful conversations with laughter and fun. It is time to get wicked deep. Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast with Kelly and Callie. Hello, Callie. Hello, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to our season two, episode one. Yeah, I'm so glad to be back. It's been weird taking a break and like not doing this regularly. It really has. It really has been a little bit different. And now that we're back on, I think it's going to be even more excited because this season we'll be doing it video. I know. And I'm so excited to do that. I feel like I mean, I know most people listen to their podcasts and all they're hearing our voices, but um, I'm glad to be having the option of video and people can see us and we're just some, some kooky women. And sometimes you got to see what's going on, you know, facially to understand. <laughs> kooky women did not know that we were those things, but we, we are, I, okay. I'm sorry to be the one to inform you. Oh, well, thank you. I figured my hair <laughs> was like the kookiest part of me. This is- so much of it. But anyway, so on this episode, I'm sort of excited to talk about this, but sort of not. We've been like the rest of the entire world have been following the Depp versus Heard trial. And like we've all seen what's going on and kind of seeing what's been happening with that. And it seems like in a sense, we have multiple people in the media right now who are being abused or have been abused by women. So we have obviously Johnny Depp. We have Rob Kardashian who had his trial and do throughout his trial, he, it was, it came to find out that she had, what's her name? Coco. I don't know what her name is, but she had a gun to his head a few times. And then of course we have Will Smith, you know, where it looks like, well, Will Smith is the one that did it. No, Will Smith was in a sense, like I feel manipulated into doing things he normally wouldn't do, you know, yeah. This is a man you know, I've never met, but from the way he's always been in the media, social media, he's always seemed to be a kind, you know, warm hearted sort of guy who doesn't need to cuss in his lyrics to sell his songs, but you know, yeah. Eminem does. so it's like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden we have this where he's yeah. kind of out attacking someone. So it's right. these men are being abused. And this is a topic that I've been talking about for years, but it doesn't really seem to be going very like going along very well until now Johnny Depp is like I'm a victim and she ruined my life and now he wants to expose it right yeah you know and I think that as two women that have both been in abusive relationships Mm -hmm. um we we both understand and know that the topic can be heavy Mm -hmm. and So we're both very, I think, aware of that and try to be very sensitive of that. But at the same time, if we don't talk about it, then everyone's left in the dark. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. So I'm so glad that you and I are both so open about, you know, the fact that we've been through some shit and really like we've been in the trenches, Yeah, but you're right. It's not just women that go through this. Right. So I think that it's really important to talk about the fact that women can also be 
abusive and be the abusers. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always look the same. And oftentimes it doesn't look the same as men abusing women. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it does. Sometimes it doesn't. So we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing with the difference between like men and women is women are so vocal. Women will talk about it with their friends. They'll talk about it here or there. Men won't say anything. So a little history on myself is when I was married, I was married for 20 years. I was the abusive wife for all those years. I did a lot of things I wasn't proud of. There was never anything physical. It was all mental, which is worse, mm-hmm. you know, much worse. And I don't think he knew at the time, nor did I know at the time what I was doing was wrong and, and how it was for him. Growing up on my end, my mom was the same way to my dad. So I learned this is like how you treat a man because this is how my mom's doing it. Growing up, I never had a healthy role model for marriage except for the Cosby show. That's yeah. what I had. <laughs> You know, I was like, this is like what this is supposed to look like. But other than, aside from that, like in real life, there wasn't anything that I was like, okay, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. So I was a name caller. I put him down public humili- humiliation, like, you know, screamed at him all the time, tried to control him all the time. Cause that's what I knew. And then when we got divorced, I was convinced that he wouldn't make it down the street without turning around and coming back because I thought I was just the best thing ever. Like he's can't make it without me. Who is he going to find better than me? Um, literally everyone, <laughs> everyone was better than me. Everyone was better. Yeah. So he kind of yeah. escaped like a dog leaving the yard. Like, Oh, I'm out. And that man never turned back. He was yeah. never like, I miss you ever. He was like deuces. I am done. And then he had to, you know, kind of figure out his life after being abused. So for me, getting into a a toxic relationship, not knowing, and then being abused in the same way I did, it kind of opened my mind. And I was like, holy crap, this is like what I was doing. So it took years to figure this stuff out. But a lot of men don't talk about being abused because A, they don't recognize what it is. They have no idea. Um, B, they don't know who to turn to. Like, where do I go? How do I stop this from happening? And then the third thing is it's humiliating for them. Right. I mean, and I think you're so right about that because I think that for men, a, a lot of men, not all, but for a lot of men, there's this stigma that even if they were to go talk to their friends, like, hey man, she's really like being mean to me. They're gonna be like, suck it up. You know, you're being a pussy. You're like, you know, they're going to be brushed off anyway, or they're going to be ridiculed or whatnot. So I think that there's almost this negative stigma and a fear to even talk about it for men. Yeah, there definitely is. There definitely is with my ex-husband. He's likes to say he's like six, one, but he's more like five eleven. but regardless, he's taller than me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm five, two and a half, and I'm not a very I'm not like a very, you know, big person. So if he had gone to someone and said, oh yeah, she's bullying me. She's doing this. They'd be like, what? But the funny thing is, is other people knew other people saw what I was doing. And I thought I was being funny. I thought I was just being myself because he was too afraid to say to me, Hey, when you make fun of me in public, it doesn't feel good because he was afraid of how I would react. So it wasn't until like after people kind of said something and I would of course take offense to it because I was like the perfect one, you know, like there's no one better than me. And I was like, wait, what? So it wasn't until years later untangling all of this and figuring out how toxic and abusive I really was and what that felt like on the other side of it 
which I felt was a comma. Like you just, I deserved this abusive relationship that I'm in. So I stayed as long as I did, because I felt like I need to stay here to punish myself for what I did to my ex-husband. And it wasn't like the best idea, obviously, but which then brought me to the career that I have now, which almost all of my clients are male. I work with men who have been abused, men who need help dating again after being abused, men who don't feel like they have a voice. So on the radio shows where I talk all about abused men and like the signs and like what to look for and like how to heal from that and how to like talk about it and get away from it and where can you go for it? Because this is something that we don't talk about enough. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. So, So what do you think some common signs are that a man is experiencing abuse or how do you think that it shows up for women? I think you can, you can kind of tell in the first end, the first, like when you first like meet someone sort of like how she's going to be. So when men fall in love, they fall in love with their eyes and women with their ears. So if there's a beautiful woman sitting across the table and she's got her tits out and she's got a big fat dump truck and she's going to definitely fuck you. You know, the man is like, oh my God, she's so gorgeous. Like she could literally say to him, I'm going to fuck up your whole life. And he's going to be like, yeah, baby, on my dick all night. Do you know it? Not, yeah. Like not realizing like what it really is. So if a woman looks good, she's going to have a lot more control over that guy because he's going to have a lot of like his friends going to be like, oh, you're like, you're like dicking down that girl and whatever the hell they say. I don't know. You know, all these. <laughs> all these different things. And when a woman wants jewelry and she wants dinners and because of how she looks and because of what her vagina can do, men are going to do it. So they're going to put up with a lot more where women are going to stay in something and feel he's going to be like, Oh gosh, you just, you're so beautiful. Like no one's ever loved me like this. I just want to, and they keep in touch and they, the talking. So there's the two different ways that we fall in love. So, but for men, the things they have to listen for, which is hot, especially if she's attractive is like they're on the first date, like how she talks about um, her ex, you know, whether or not she's jealous, whether or not she's going to be some kind of a controlling person. You can kind of like ask certain questions to figure out what kind of a person she is. And of course, the biggest question to ask whether you're male or female is what happened in your last relationship. And depending on how they answer you know, you can tell a lot from that person. So if she has her tits out and she's like, oh, he was just so terrible to me, you know, it's like, okay, she's doing two things here, you know, where she's getting your attention, but then she's also trying to make you feel sympathy for her. Yeah. Well, and and I love that. I love that you say that because, you know, I had never really thought about that before, again, from, from the male perspective, because you're right. I have heard, even just talking to other women, Mm -hmm. I have heard the women that will come in and say, you know, it wasn't a good relationship. You know, we just were arguing a lot. And the way that they talk about the relationship, they can acknowledge, okay, this wasn't good. It didn't work out, but with a certain amount of dignity and pride and respect. And then you have the women that are just like, oh, he was, he was such a piece of shit. And, you know, and they, and they fully go off as if they were perfect. Mm -hmm. He was a garbage human. And, Mm -hmm you're right. It's, that's such a red flag. It really is. So it's like, if you, if that's one of the things that they say, then it's like, you know, or he was horrible and he was controlling and he was mean, he won't leave me alone. 
right? So we've got this damsel in distress syndrome going on. And the man, of course, sees these big boobs and he's like, oh gosh, she's so pretty. And I mean, I'm going to protect her. So the male instinct is going to kick in. So regardless of what we have going on in society, there are basics that we're going to have as, as men and women. You know, I know there's a lot of other things going on, but women are caretakers and men want to protect. Yeah. So it's, if a woman is like, oh, he just won't leave me alone. So we've got her being a damsel in distress. We've got her, you know, shit talking her acts. All these red flags are popping up, but the man's only looking like a cartoon character, you know, with the way she's dressed. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, mm, mm. And it's like, so he doesn't hear anything that she's saying, but all he's thinking of is I want to be with this person. So they tend to fall into that trap. But when the glitter goes away, when the tits are just tits, when it's, the sex is just sex. And it's like, okay, now she's taking my money or she's putting me down or she's, you know, doing all these different things that I don't really like and I'm not comfortable with. How do I get out of this? So when the man tries to find someone to talk to, like his friend, oh, I, I need to leave Chelsea because she's just abusive. Then the man's gonna be like, Chelsea is so fucking hot. Like, how is she, you know, let's look at her. Men always say that. Well, look at her. She's so good looking. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You know? It doesn't matter how pretty she is. She can still be a bitch. <laughs> Yes. And if the only thing Chelsea can do is look good on Instagram, why do we need her? Right. Because like, I mean, we, we've got the Kim K's of the world for that. I mean, <laughs> right. So it's, it's like men don't need to kind of be with people like that, but they, they stay because of those things. But when it's time for them to leave, they find it difficult because they don't want her with somebody else. And, and men have somewhat of the same fears that women have where it's like, if I leave him or if I leave her, they're going to heal and get better and be better with the next person. Doesn't happen. And if it yeah. does happen, it'll take five years for that to happen. And you will be the first one to know because if they heal in the right way, they will make amends with you. So right. it's one of those things where it's like in order for this person that you're trying to hold on to, in order for them to change, they're going to have to change over years. And then you're right. definitely going to be the one that hears about it first. But on, I wrote um, a three-part series on Huffington Post with men and how to find, like, figure out if she's toxic, like what to look for, how to get out, and then how to heal from that. Because it's, yeah. again, something we just don't talk about. Yeah. Well, and, and Kelly, I think you're going to need to put the link to that, to that yes. article in the show notes for, for this one, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I do think you know, if there are men out there that are listening to this, I think that those red flags and those signs are good for you to know. And I also think that they're good for women to know and really be able to take a step back and take a look at if you are exhibiting these signs, if this is behavior that you're engaging in, because I will say that I have before, I mean, I know it's hard to believe, but, um, <laughs> it's, I, have before had to sit down and eat a piece of humble pie and acknowledge my own role in a relationship and my own unhealthy behavior. And like, even, even now my husband and I talk about how we are accountability partners for one another. And so if I am having a moment and I'm human and we all do, if I'm having a moment, he will call me out. I mean, if I'm just let's be honest, being a little bitchy mm -hmm. and he will, he will call me out and be like, are you okay? You seem really like this and that. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's just like, it has nothing to do with him specifically. Maybe I'm just hormonal. Maybe I'm just irritated because something happened earlier in the day, but he's there to call me out on it. Mm -hmm. And 
although I don't think it feels good in the moment. <laughs> Mm. And in the moment, that's a hard pill to swallow to hear that, like, hey, you're kind of being a nightmare right now. Yeah. Um, I always appreciate when somebody can do that because I it allows me to kind of take a step back and go, you know what? I am really like, I'm really like I'm hangry right now, or, or I'm I'm being kind of awful. And then it allows me the opportunity to go back and to my husband and typically say, like, okay, sorry, you know, I'm sorry I was being like that earlier and explain myself and mm you know, and that's how we move forward in a healthy relationship. But there have been times that I've had to sit down and really analyze my past relationships. And I will say that getting out of my first marriage and because it was such a toxic relationship and yes, there was a lot of um, unhealthy and abusive behavior on his end, but there was also a lot of really unhealthy behavior on my end as well. Mm -hmm. And I had to sit back after the fact and own up to the things that I had done and what choices I could have made differently. Because in that relationship, I will say there are things that I have done that maybe a handful of people know about mm -hmm. um, simply because I am so absolutely embarrassed and mortified that I was that unhealthy that I did this. And, you know, it's just, but we have to know it to be better. So basically it's safe to say you didn't write an entire book about you being a toxic <laughs> wife. I have not. Picture on the back of it and then try to date after. So you didn't do that. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I did not, but I will say that book is to come um, because you know, just like you. And I think that it's so brave that you've done that because mm -hmm. you're owning your shit. Mm -hmm. And there are yeah. so many people that don't. Oh, it, it's scary too, because I think like society has taught us, like women are supposed to be this way. Men are supposed to accept it. So when we think back to even like TV shows, the one thing I talk about all the time is the King of Queens. I, I can't stand that show because you have that actress who abuses the living crap out of Kevin James and he just takes it and the audience goes wild. I completely him, agree. Yeah. When she calls him a fat ass. Ah, Could you imagine if he did that to her? I know. I like, I thank you for saying that because for years, even when that show was still on air and don't get me wrong, I love Kevin James and I, and I love um, her as an actress too. I mean, but uh, Leah Remini is, I think she's a good actress, but you're right. That show and that role, it was so uncomfortable because I remember watching it and I could never put my finger on what it was, but mm -hmm. I, I remember thinking, I don't like this show. Yeah. And I didn't get into it. And a lot of my friends, you know, watched it and thought it was funny. And I just remember feeling uncomfortable and I never knew why. And now I do. Well, it's interesting because if you look at a lot of the different shows out there, it's all these like abusive, toxic women who are abusing these men and the audience eats it up. So it's it's conditioned where we're supposed to be abusive and toxic to our men and they're just supposed to do it because women are bitches and men just deal with it. And it's not fair. So now I have three boys that I'm raising or have raised. I don't know which realm I'm in right now <laughs> in their twenties, but like, and it's tough because I had to make sure like my oldest saw me being abusive to his dad. And then one of his first main relationships, he was being abused by this person. So I was like, so my comma just kept coming. 
And I'm yeah. like, is it ever going to end? But my younger two were very different because the majority of things that they saw, I was out of that marriage and I was much healthier and I was healing and recovering. So they have two different looks as like what a marriage looks like. So it's, it's interesting to see like, you know, how that whole thing goes and how like we raise our kids because we know that there's so many toxic moms out there. So it's kind of insane to think that, oh, all these moms are toxic, but our wives are not. How does that, how does that work? Right. You know, where it's like, no, like your, your dad, if you have a toxic mom, your dad had a toxic wife. Let's yeah. connect those two, you know, and show that, that he was in an abusive relationship and you were too. So it, you know, it kind of like trickles down. So we tend to forget that we do talk about our moms. But we don't talk about how our dads were abused because they're men. Who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, like no one pays attention. My dad was in an abusive relationship with my mom for years. The stuff that he said to her, I still have difficulty with stuff that she said to him, I have difficulty even thinking about because it was like my dad, you know, yeah. and then she did the same things like to us. And then I did the same thing to my kid's dad. And it's like, this cycle has yeah. to stop of like what these women are doing and men need to get educated and then they need to be brave. And like Johnny Depp was on that stand and he admitted it. He's like, I, yeah, I, I'm an abused man. That's yeah. exactly what I am. And I think hopefully this doesn't go super public, but my ex-husband mentioned something to me fairly recently and admitted that he was an abused man and he had never done that before. And it's yeah. like, damn, you know, and it's tough because the best, be, the best apology is change behavior. So now, yeah. you know, I'm in another relationship. It's completely different. I'm not the same person in any way, shape or form because the healing that I went yeah. through still go through because it doesn't just go away, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. It, it's kind of one of those situations where in a, when you're in a toxic relationship, whether it's a when it's, whether it's the woman being toxic or the man being toxic, if it's time for you to get out, it's time for you to get out. Mm -hmm. And like, I always have to remind people not to focus on the what's next. Well, she's going to move on and be with somebody else. And like you said, she's so hot. She's not going to have a problem finding, you know, uh, another guy or, you know, she's just going to move on or he's just going to move on and go find another bimbo or, you know, that's not the issue. What right. he does after this relationship or what she does after this relationship is not the issue. The issue is what's happening in this relationship. And if it's not healthy, then you shouldn't be staying. You should right. either both, both be working to, to change and be healthy and encourage healthy behavior or get out. So it's, it's absolutely true. Now let's look for a second. Something that other, that people don't really think about ever is like the differences between a man leaving and a woman leaving, right? Mm -hmm. So they stay for different reasons and they leave in different ways. So let's look at like the 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 tough the cons for men to leave. Normally, when men leave for some reason, and I don't care how this is going to come out, but it's just going to come out for some reason. Women think they're owed an entire lifestyle because they had a baby. Okay. So when there's a divorce or when there's a separation, it's, oh, you owe me this, 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 and that. I need an apartment. I need you to pay my bills. I need a car. How am I going to get my kid places? That's a whole nother topic. But so when <laughs> men 
when men are thinking about leaving, they have to think about the financial responsibility that they're going to have. And that I've heard this a lot with men is cheaper to keep her, right? Right. So you know, so it's like, it's definitely cheaper to do that. So when men are thinking about leaving, they're thinking about the financial responsibility, like, how is this going to be? And in the same way, women think about the craziness of the man, men think of the craziness of a woman. And it's not, we have all these memes with um, women who throw men's clothing out the windows and everyone's like, wrong answers only because this is so funny you don't ever see like pictures of women with their faces bashed in being wrong answers only what happened to her you know so it's like it's very different so women get psycho yeah women get insane they get vengeful they will stalk the crap out of you i think it's what one in seven men that leave are stalked by their their partner after they leave a relationship so they're stalked they ruin the next relationships they won't let them move on the financial hazards of it. Not to say that women don't go through the same things. They do. Because I know when I left mine, I thought I was going to die. So I'm absolutely not making light of anything because I thought this man is going to kill me. My lawyer, after I wrote my book said, he's not going to take you to court. He's going to come at you with a baseball bat. So it's, you know, it's very scary to leave in both situations, but men tend to definitely think about the financial aspect of it. Like how crazy kind of like women can get, Um, women also think of these things, but they think of their financial challenges in a different way. Whereas like, where am I going to get my money? Because there is financial abuse on both ends. You know, there's kind of women can financially abuse men and men financially abuse women as well. So when men, men are thinking about it, they definitely consider that financial aspect of it, of how am I going to afford to pay for all of these things just to get away from this woman? And is it easier for me to stay and deal with it versus like actually get up and leave. I've seen so many times where I've clients, et cetera, they just like, it's too much. It's going to cost me too much money. It's, it's going to cost too much. I can't. And I, and I hear that and, and like, I get it. But at the same time, like I I'm of the mindset that money is just money. Yeah. You can always make more money. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. if, if you stay in it, you're going to continue to do damage. Yes. Emotionally, even potentially physically, yes. you know, but mm-hmm. money is money. I mean, right. I, when I was going through my divorce, I knew because of who he was that when it came to, if I was going to ask for half, it was going to be a draw. It, the process was just going to be dragged out and, you know, take a long time. And it was just going to be bickering for the sake of bickering. And so I literally got out of that relationship with $2,000 cash Mm -hmm. and said, you can take the rest of what's in our account. You can take your retirement. You can take the car. You can take the bike. You Mm -hmm. can take everything. Here you go. I just want to be done. I just want to be free. And I'm not saying that that's the right choice for everyone because in some situation, and I'm not advocating that women should take less than they deserve. Mm -hmm. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it was the right choice for me in my early twenties, because I was thinking it's just money. And to be honest, I was in college at that time. I was bartending, I was making bank. And so I was like, it's money. I'll make up, you know, I'll make up the money and tips in, in a few weeks, you know? So it was just kind of like, it's not, the money was not worth me staying. It wasn't worth continuing to do the damage and continuing the fight over. But I do know situations um, in which it is worth 
the fight to fight for what's right. And I see, Mm -hmm. I have both seen on both sides, divorces where women got screwed over because they were bulldozed and bullied into like, well, I shouldn't have to pay for, for this. And you know, that kind of stuff. And then I've also seen, like you said, women get really vindictive and I have seen men get royally fucked Mm -hmm. in divorces. I know somebody like here locally that just got put through the ringer Mm -hmm. by their ex. And it's just like, that sucks. That sucks because he's, he's not like a bad guy. And to see, a woman like not only put him through that, but then continue to, to do it because they have kids together. So they have to continue to communicate. It's just like, that's so hard. It is. It's a really tough thing. And it's funny because when I was going through my divorce, um, he was like, take it, take it all he wanted out so bad. He's like, I don't care. He's like, I will, I will buy you a TV. I just get out. I need all of this out. But he was, he was good because he kind of did it in a way where it wasn't like, I'm so desperate to get rid of you. But he was just basically like, yeah, I just like, he, he played the role the way he's supposed to play it because he wasn't sure how I was going to respond to certain things. So from the day we got, we separated to the day we divorced was five months and like three days. There was zero time wasted where he was like, nudging it along and just he had to take whatever you want because that's how badly he wanted like out and yeah. I was like wait what because all my my ideas of like trying to like work things out he was like no not gonna happen I'm, I'm good where we need this this is like the best thing so he did a lot of the like the really the right things to do where he was you know a good a good because he's a good human he's a good human yeah. um but he just desperately wanted kind of like what you're saying with like your ex like take it, take it, take it, take it. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. I'll do whatever I need to do. And, um, and that's what he did. So it was, it was done and done. I have seen where some men are like, you know, they don't want to like lose certain money or whatever. They're waiting for a certain time or whatever. I also do think that the financial aspect can be somewhat of an excuse, you yeah. know, where they just don't want, you know, they're not sure they're not ready. So it's like, well, I'm just going to wait and like, see how it goes. But when you know, you know, like when yeah. you know, you know, and it's like my ex-husband knew as soon as that door opened, it was like the locks came off and he was like running again, like a cartoon character with the smoke <laughs> under his feet and like get me <laughs> in this place as fast as I can before she catches me. I think it was like when he pulled out the driveway and I'm laughing, it's so sad, but like he pulled out the driveway and like, I swear there was like smoke coming off the back of his tires. Cause he was just like, the further away I get, the faster I go, I don't have to be here anymore. And it obviously it's not to say he was like perfect. It didn't right. work for many reasons. Cause he wasn't, he wasn't like a perfect husband. Um, but it was time. I was, it was terrible. It was, and Bert, the person that I am today, like, is so, so different. And like the person that I've been in a relationship with said to me one day, he's like, I'm going to have a conversation with your ex and blah, blah. I'm like, dude, if you said to him all the stuff I do for you, he would be like, who's this amazing person? Sorry, we'll, we'll have to cut that out. <laughs> I, I stopped talking. I'm like, I think she'll be able to edit this out. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
again. But so the person that I've been dating has been, was like, oh, I want to like have a conversation like with your ex or whatever. And I'm like, go ahead. I'm like, I am completely different from who I was with him and who I am with you. I'm like, if you explain to him how our relationship goes, he'd be like, I don't know who this amazing woman is, but you better keep her. But that's like what healing can do when you actually admit that you were not a great person and you knew you needed to heal and you actually put the work in where you can become like a much better person. But the first step is admitting holy crap, like, what did I do? Like, how did this even happen? Right. Like, where was I at fault here? And like, what didn't I like about myself? What wasn't unhealthy um, about my behavior in this relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that you're right. Because when I look at my past relationships, I, and I look at my behavior through them again, not, not healthy behavior in my first marriage, but then the next serious relationship that I was in for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, there wasn't a lot of unhealthy behavior on, well, not toward one another. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. during that time, I was definitely, I will say drinking to numb out from the pain from my marriage, but <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of unhealthy behavior toward one another. Mm-hmm. The relationship just didn't work out because we were different people. We wanted different things just, you know, but the breakup was amicable and then getting into a relationship with my husband now. And again, even getting in that relationship, it was clear to me, I've got healing to do still. And I think that I've done that through our relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy for me to think back on when my husband and I got together how different of a person I was even back then. I mean, it was a decade ago Mm -hmm. uh, or more. And so, yes, I mean, obviously you're a different person 10 years ago than you are today, but Mm -hmm. I've done so much healing and, excuse me, I have done so much healing and I'm so much more of a healthy person, I think mentally, emotionally, and physically Mm -hmm. than I was back then. And so it's, kind of one of those things where I'm glad that over time we've been able to grow with one another because Mm -hmm. you're either going to grow together or you're going to grow apart. Yeah. And that's the point, right? That's the point of being with somebody is to be in a relationship is basically having someone hold up a mirror and show you like who you are to call you out on your bullshit when you need to, to like work through things with you. The point of being in a relationship is, is to trigger someone, your triggers are going to be there. And it's like, let's okay, I'm triggered by this. Let's work through it together. Like that's the whole thing, you know, where it's like, we want to be with this person to kind of go through all of our bullshit with them, heal together and figure out who we are. Cause there's this whole idea of you have to be perfect and ready and like super healthy to be in a relationship. I think you have to be ready to a degree, but I think at the same time, you can do a lot of your healing while you're in a relationship with someone, if you've had enough time between that space of no longer and, you know, not yet. And then when you find someone, like I waited, I think it was five years before I started to date Cruz. And even now it's like, I'm going through things that are being triggered in this relationship because when you're healing and you're single, there's nothing to trigger you because you're by yourself. So when you leave a relationship, 
if you leave a relationship where you're being triggered and everything's irritating and you walk away from it and then you feel better, you're like, oh, he was the problem. No, it's the fact the problem was that you weren't working on the shit that was happening within that relationship. So of course, when you're away from that person and no one's calling you out, you feel amazing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> something and someone's calling you out. You have two choices. You can either work through it and heal with this person or walk away and just start over again with somebody else. Because if you leave something and meet someone else, the same things are going to happen. And then you're going to be like, oh, everyone's fucked up, but me. No, actually you're the fuck not up. true. Uh, yeah. Hashtag not true. <laughs> right. It's like, it's not the people around you that are fucked up. It's, and that's the biggest thing is women tend to forget is to face the mirror because chances are you're the fucked up one. Yeah. Well, you know, so, and I know that we're like, we're getting close to the end here, but I, I would ask you for the women that are listening to this, can you give them a couple of, if you're doing this, you might want to take a look in the mirror. Mm, yeah, I can actually. So <laughs> if you are controlling, <laughs> meaning like where you're going, who you're going with, when you're coming back, you said you would do this. Um, that's a big sign that control is, yeah. is a really big sign. Um, insulting him, even as a joke. Like, it, especially in public in front of people, making him like the butt of the joke is not okay. And he hates it. He hates yeah. it. Nobody likes to be shit. humiliated. Nobody <laughs> likes public humiliation. Not one person. And he puts up with it because he's afraid of you. So, um, and if you are demanding, if you're more demanding than you are giving, like, for example, my ex-husband would work all day. This is so terrible. Again, it's in my book, but he worked all day, came home, cooked dinner for everybody, um, and then cleaned up the mess. And then continue to do the regular stuff. Wow, what did my fat ass do? I thought I deserved it. Like, I deserve a man. I deserve a man who takes care of me all the time. No, I didn't. Neither <laughs> do you. Not you, but the lady who's listening to this, who's, I deserve this. No, you don't. Pull your own weight, bitch, because that's what the problem is. You know, so it's like, if you're controlling, if you're demanding, if you're humiliating, if you're making fun, if you're not supporting, if you don't like his friends, if you don't like his job, if you don't like his mom, if you don't like his sister or his brother, chances are it's most likely you because there's no way that all of the people in this man's life are absolutely dreadful, but you. Right. Yeah. And I, and I will say that on that note, if if there are one or two people in his life that maybe you don't get along with and, and it's clear, it's not everyone. And you're the, you're the toxic person. If that's the case, then I mean, in that scenario, you've got to figure out your own healthy boundaries yeah. of like how, how to deal with these situations and these relationships in a healthy way that mm -hmm. also doesn't make him feel like he has to cut off a relationship with someone to yeah. be with you because that in and of itself is that's that's not healthy behavior i think that the biggest thing that women need to understand and met some men too but um is that even if you're married you have no say like you can't mm -hmm. tell a guy he can't like the color blue anymore you can't tell him what his favorite ice cream is now that you're married. You have absolutely positively no right to his passwords because you are married. You don't have the right to go through his phone, to go through his personal space. You don't have the right to ask him any kind of questions that he's not comfortable answering. Now, should there be respect? Of course, there should be respect. But you do not have the right to invade his private life, his privacy, his privacy because you're married. Believe yep. it or not, ladies, this man is still a whole human 
who has likes and dislikes and allergies and a mom and friends and he likes to swim or maybe he doesn't, but whether that's all up to him. So just because you're in a relationship or just because you're married does not give you ownership of someone else. So if the women that are listening, if they feel like, oh, yes, I do, then you're the problem. I can look at his phone. Now you can't. No, not without asking. Right. It's like, well, I think he's cheating. Well, then maybe you should leave the relationship. Right. Maybe you need to have a conversation. (laughs) Yeah. There's no way that you should be controlling someone else or going through their privacy just because if you have a hunch, if you do have a hunch, then fine, whatever, have a conversation, say to him, you know, this is what I think. And if you're like, oh, I still don't believe him. I need to go through it. Then you're the problem and you need to leave the relationship. There's, you're not going to look through it and then see if he's doing something and then just be like, okay, now we're better because you're not going to be better. You're still going to be you know, going through someone else's private stuff. So we have to learn our boundaries. And when we don't know our boundaries, men don't necessarily know how to set them and women definitely don't know how to follow them. So it's, you know, a tough sort of situation, but these men need a voice. They need someone to stand up and say, leave them alone, let them have their lives. And I'm not saying all men are perfect because God knows they're not, Mm -mm. but you know, you still, that still doesn't give you the right to like stomp all over who they are and like who they hang out with and certain things. But if a man is doing stuff that you don't like, talk to him about it. Don't go to his mom. Don't go to his friends, go to him. And if it, and if he's not listening, then leave, Mm -hmm. which we all know sounds easier than what it is, but at the same time, you have to be brave and make the right decisions for yourself because anyone living in a relationship where you don't fully trust someone you're always up their ass and always searching and looking for stuff that's no way for either one of you to live right absolutely well I think that's gonna wrap it up for this week and I'm so glad that we are back with strong opinions and coming in hot on season two coming in hot (laughs) on season two (laughs) bitches be tripping oh my god Yes. Yeah. And next week we're going to be getting into finances and how they influence who we date yes. money and dating. How, how do they mix money talks, but what does it say? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Till next week. See ya. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any of these wicked deep dating conversations. If you have any dating questions, leave us a voicemail using the link in the show notes and you can be featured on the show. Until then, be brave. Navigate the dating BS. And keep having those bold conversations.